podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Trying to get in again. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mugga. Uh, Mario, I'm back. Hi, guys. Um, I'm joined this week by Elijah. How's it going? I'm good, bro. I'm good. How yeah, how good. how did you enjoy the pod last week? It was good. It was good. You know, <laughs> you know, acting the fuck up, but it was good. <laughs> uh, how you doing to me? Yeah, man, all good. Regnick's at the wheel and that. Get me. Yeah, we've got, hey. to find a new, we've got to find a new term for him, but yeah. Made made a good time roll, and uh, after what feels like a long, long time, Sebi, how you doing, brother? Listen, man, you know I heard that you know the crowd needed me. I heard the crowd saying, "Man, I like Clay Thompson, you know Clay Thompson and that, you know, right now he's in Santa Monica, you know, getting a couple of games and that." You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, be, you know I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to come back and see if I can add 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 a little something to the team down the stretch. It's a, it's a championship roster, so every everybody counts. Everybody's minutes count, man. Good to have you back. Um, before I start, I'll do the usual unplug the social. So if you're not following us on the Twitter, that's TLF underscore Mugger. Um, for those of you who do know that uh, these days, Timmy runs post-game Twitter spaces, which have proven to be really popular. Um, yeah, follow us. T- tune in for those. I think they're going to get a bit more interesting in the coming weeks. Uh, if you're not on the Discord, hop onto the Discord. It's still, we're still there watching along live and, you know, uh, bowing on the Ops head tops. Uh, if you're somebody who likes additional content, so post-game reviews, previews and everything else in between, sign up to the Patreon. And with all that being done, let's get into business. So um, before we get into uh, Ralph, uh, let's let's catch up on yesterday's game, a 1-1 draw away at Chelsea. Um, Elijah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you because um, some interesting decisions by Michael Carrick. So first, give give me your thoughts on his starting lineup, what you think he was trying to achieve, uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, Elijah, I 
sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so I think it was pretty obvious what he was trying to achieve. Um, I think he wanted a press in there. That's why he went with a front three of Bruno, Sancho and Rashford behind with Fred and McTominay and Matic behind. Um, so I think that was the initial thinking to get some energy in there. And then you have Sancho and Rashford breaking off into the wide positions, which the wing backs would leave. But also I think it was to do with the fact that uh, Matic and McTominay, they were going to drop into the defence. And so if there were any long balls or just the fact that Chelsea attacked with five in five lanes, that would give uh, that would allow, for example, Bailly not to get dragged out or Lindenoff not, not to get dragged out. And you saw a lot that them two were clearing a lot of crosses that were coming into the box. And that's because they were able to stay in that um, near post zone. But um, because what I was thinking about before the game was that I remember when we faced Liverpool back in the, the um, Juanfield game, I remember Carrick went on Sky Sports and he said um, that basically LBG told him to play like an extra centre-back because Liverpool were playing this 3-4-3 formation. So it was basically like a way for him for them to go 1v1 all over the pitch. So I think defensively it was quite similar, but obviously it was a lot more defensive because he weren't as much on the front foot. But I think those were the two main reasons why he went for that. I mean, why he went for Bruno over Ronaldo, I'm not sure. But I think it's good to see that he knows that only one of those guys will play. And because of it being Ronaldo, hopefully it means that other terrorist is out the team for the go go going forward basically but yeah that that that, that was my initial thoughts i wasn't i wasn't mad at it because i mean van der beek didn't stamp his his authority in midweek um so i guess it makes sense why he he went a bit more defensive but yeah cool uh timmy what did you what did you think of the the first half performance um not ideal to be honest with you because we invited so much pressure for pretty much the whole half i understand what carrick was trying to do but in football these kind of things don't make sense to me like i want to say he got away with it against villarreal because we did exactly the same thing we sat back and soaked up pressure for the whole half and then about 15 minutes of the second half and then um we started to like put our foot on the gas when the um, opposing team was tiring. I think against a team like Chelsea, that's really, really, um, that's a really, what's the word I'm looking for? Strange, I'll, I'll say. Strange thing to do because if they hit you with one, you're now chasing the game. It's not even a good thing to do against a team like Villarreal. Obviously, they're, they're not um, of the calibre that Chelsea are. But um, for me, it was strange seems to have worked for him a second time. I, I understand what he's trying to do. Um, Chelsea are so much more organised than us. They're a lot better on the ball than us and they're just an all-round better team at the moment than we are. So um, it was, you know, keep tight at the back and try and hit them on the break as we've been doing in games like this under um, the um, former gaffer. So. Cool. Um, and I guess I want to ask, uh, how how much was the actual formation limited by by the players that we had? Um, so is this something that you think potentially we may see a bit more going forward, but the profile of the players changing? Or would you say it's just generally not how you like to see your team approach games? Um, 
well, I mean, I don't like to see us approach games like this. I do think we are quite limited um, at the moment with the team that um, that we put out there. But if I'm being completely honest with you, the former gaffer, I won't say his name, the former gaffer has been doing it since when, when we've had... Who's the former gaffer now? So is it MC or is it... No, 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 it's not. It's not MC. Hey, listen, Carrick. <laughs> yeah, listen. I want to talk about Carrick. But um, the former proper gaffer, in it, like we won't say his name. Get me. We done. We done all that last week. But yeah, um, we just set ourselves up as this counter-attacking team. It doesn't help that um, our only good players on the ball starting yesterday were R, Lindelof, um, Rashford, and Sancho. And even Rashford is a bit mm, on the ball sometimes. So really and truly, our only like really good players on the ball, and I mean like very good players on the ball, are Sancho and um, Lindelof, obviously, because Lindelof plays out the back um, um, pretty well. Uh, so yeah, against a team like Chelsea, you can't really try and go blow for blow with them. But to be honest, I looked at their team and I thought, okay, we can, we can really get at these men. I looked at, I saw their lineup before I saw our lineup. Obviously, after I've seen our lineup, it's like, oh, McFred, you get me, Bruno. I have no idea why why Bruno was there. I, I didn't see Matic as well. Like, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, you got to sit back. And in fairness to Carrick, I guess his idea worked. I think the press was a lot better um, than it's ever been um, under the former gaffer. So, you know, I think there was a few positives to take out of it, even though the setup itself was a shambolic one. Cool. I, I want to touch on um, a few individual performances, get you guys' opinions as a group. Um, Sam, I'm going to start with Fred, Fredji, um, to his to his uh, compatriots. Um, what, what did you think of his performance yesterday? Um, I think he started a bit like a bit slow, a bit shaky, but um, as the game progressed, I think he got really, really better. I think you think he got better, and that's like a um, it's a common thing I've seen this season with Fred, like him starting off a bit shit and then eventually like growing into the game. Um, I think he's, Fred's a, a difficult one, man. He's a difficult one, but we can talk about you know him as a player another time. But yeah, in in the game yesterday, I just think he he got better. But I didn't miss. Uh, sorry, I missed the um, the the chance he done when I, I heard he tried to lob the keeper. Right, yeah, so he was, he was, it was right at just, the end, and he was insane. just feeling himself a bit. He was feeling himself a Bro. bit too much. <sighs> uh, yeah, I didn't watch it, so <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. But Fam, yeah, I, I, he just he actually better. he actually had a really good game. Like, but because of what he done, I don't care. I'm slow. That's harsh. That's harsh. That's no. harsh. Bro, what are you thinking? Come feeling on, himself, Ryan, man. Effort, fresh season, bro, fresh, man, point, fresh point rising. Fresh bro, point no, 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 it dropped all the way. <laughs> on bro, Mendy is like six foot five, no? Yes. What, Fred, what are you doing, bro? We've got a three on one. We've got a three on one. You're trying to lock the keeper. He's got, Ronaldo on, he's got Ronaldo on his left and who was on his right? Like Bruno or something. I thought it was Lingard. Or Lingard on his right, Ronaldo on his left. Bro, what are you on? Bro, and if you want to think, the keeper, at least do it properly. Like, I make think, him work. He just fucked out saw, the air. I think he saw his name in the bright light. Bro, that's, what, that's what he saw. Bro, three on one. Hollywood, Broadway, Glitz, Fred. 
Hey, he's not nice. he brilliant yesterday, though. Listen, yeah, up until then, he was very, very good. But I'm sorry, he's it doesn't, he's like, it doesn't one moment doesn't doesn't ruin no, but bro. Performance. That moment wins us the game. It's like it does. Um, it does. mistake cost us three points. That that cost us the game, bro. The spider, yeah, shocking. Like, I mean, you know what um, I mean? We'll get we'll get we'll get onto that fraud anyway, cool. bro. I know but I got another one loaded for him. Seb, you said you don't want to get into him as a player, but I actually do. Um, and this is for this is a question for all of you guys. Um, listen, his his partnership with um. McTominay has been well detailed. Uh, he came in for a big fee, and I, I'll say for the majority of his time with us, to me, he's been really, really underwhelming. Don't think he really offers much control uh, as a player in the midfield. Um, but in that kind of ball-winning role, um, he showed quite a lot of um, quality yesterday. Um, is there any sort of player in Fred for us long-term? There is. There is, but... Um... I think he's quite lucky that we're going to potentially be able to see it because we've now got like a coach in and then we've also got somebody that's going to hire another coach. Yeah, we're not going to get a man manager, right? So you're not going to see the best out of Fred out of when you have like a man manager where it's like, all right, lads, you have the quality, just go out and do what you have to do. You're going to see the best of Fred when he's been given instructions and also he's been taught things and he needs to improve. There's several things he needs to improve. I think he's super, super lightweight. I think he's, he's so slow on the ball sometimes and he just makes stupid decisions. However, his good games, they're like, oh, fucking hell, man. There is a player in there. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, there is. So I think it's more so a coaching aspect with him. Um, and if he can, you know, again, just move the ball quicker potentially we probably have to we have to get like another defensive midfielder in there um we can't have McTom in there started anyway he's not a starter for us um and just that improvement. guy's horrid boy. he yeah. is horrid horrid but player I think I think defensively he was all right yesterday though he's a horrid player but I think everything attacking wise he was horrific um but yeah man I just think Fred he's there's a there's a diamond in the rough there yeah, so I'm just going to say... 28 now. Yeah. I just think... 28-year-old diamond in the rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just sad. But he's shown crazy stuff where I'm like, oh, Fab, you can do some good stuff, bro. Like, but then you do some dumb stuff. So I think, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to give him, you know, six months. Give, give him six months. <laughs> well, six months on the rough, you see what he does, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Elijah, I wanted to come across, uh, talk about Jaden Sancho's performance yesterday. Uh, he grabbed a goal, his second in uh, as many starts, um, slowly starting to get on his feet. Um, what did you think of his performance yesterday? It wasn't, aside from a goal, I wasn't, I wasn't that impressed, but I'd be interested to see the positions he got into, in your opinion, the decisions he made when he got into those positions and his, his execution technically. Um, I think his execution technically was really poor. It's probably the poor, poorest I've seen, seen him like ever. Ball kept bouncing off him. He kept um, playing passes behind people. Um, so second half, it got a bit better, but I feel like, I feel, well, in some aspect, I wasn't, I, it wasn't all his fault because we have a lot of players who will take a lot of touches and then play the ball at the most inopportune moment and then you have to sort out your feet. Name and names, name names. I mean, Wambasaka, McTominay, yeah. oh. um, 
them them two are the most criminal where they'll just play the ball. They'll, they'll take as many shots as they can then play the ball at like, the worst moment when they're surrounded by players. But I, but I do feel like Sancho, even just in himself, yeah, he had a lot of poor touches. Um, the goal the goal was amazing, though. Like, the shimmy he done to sit Mendy down was great. Um, I'm glad he, he, he didn't part pass it as well because it, it because he needed that goal so um yeah for me it was a pretty i mean because of the goal it will average out to a like an average performance to me but without that i feel like he was pretty poor cool um and obviously he's bringing that um in off the back of the game against um villarreal where he scored a goal um and he was involved in the first goal um do you think he's starting to find his feet, or do you, do you need more? Um, I think I think he is. Start, I, I, I do think that um, what we played, what what since Carrick has come in, he's been found a lot more. Uh, we look to go go down go down the right just as much as we go down the left, which is that's something we haven't seen since like two thousand and twelve, maybe since Ver since Valencia was banging out on the right. So, I mean, that's just good to see but I mean versus versus Villarreal he was really good he, he was our big, biggest threat deserved his goal um and yeah I mean hopefully um the good the good thing is he's going to get a coach is going to come in and he's he's pretty used to uh pressing style because he's been at Dortmund as well um and there was even a time where Bruno was telling him how to press, and then Sancho just looked at him and said, "Well, you just you just looked at him and said, my guy, don't tell me how how, how to, to do press anything. Because... Don't tell me how to do anything. <laughs> it was like, don't, don't tell me how, how to press. I was like, just allow it. But yeah, it's just it's just annoying because I see the way he presses, the way that he will curve his run to try to try and block a pass, and then try and then actually go to to the ball carrier." Whereas the rest of the team, particularly Bruno and Rashford, they just run in a straight line. And it's so annoying because that's just a simple thing where if you just curve your run, you're <laughs> able to, to block a pass and then you're, you're you're able to shut down the ball carrier. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, he had he had, had a pretty nothing game, but I'm just glad that he scored at Stamford Bridge because that Chelsea our media machine shut the fuck up yesterday. Slapped it on their head tops. Slapped it on their head tops. Then I didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do with themselves. As well as their boy serving up a stinker, missing a sitter, getting locked down by uh, the spider, or whatever this calls him, one Escobar, whatever he calls him. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it, was a fun, it was a fun day out. Um, third and final player. Oh, yeah, mate, third and final player I want to ask you guys about. Bruno fucking Fernandez. Fernandez. Bruh. getting away with this he I've can't keep fucking getting away with this shit it's fucking insane I can't do this anymore man bro you know what you just speak man because you hate him <laughs> I, I really I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't do this anymore I can't do any I can't do it out, anymore, man. you know um, out, when he came up on against Villarreal and obviously we discussed it in the Mugga chat I was like oh Carrick dropped him because, you know, he sees how much he loses the ball and probably a conversation around, you know, the team needed to retain possession, etc., etc. clear. And he came on and he was mature. He was mature in possession. He was able to not make silly passes and go for the killer ball every single time. And he was also still able to put together two or three top quality passes. And it was like, hmm, hold on. 
this might be all right. And and for the people I know who watched him pre-Manchester United, um, they say that he never played as recklessly as he does now because he was never given the freedom and license to be able to play as recklessly as he does now. I question that because there's a reason he stayed there as long as he did. He, he lost the ball too much. But anyway, he came on off the bench against Villarreal and he used the ball really well. So I was, I was quite happy with that. And I thought, okay, interesting, interesting. And he was back in the starting lineup and he went, he was back on his bullshit, basically, right back on his bullshit. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, I can't remember dis- disliking a player this much um, who does so much. Well, in terms of filling up the stat sheet, anyway, um, I just that's not football to me. What he does is not football. I can't get behind that. Um, so it'll be interesting for me to see how he gets on under the under the new manager. Um, what, what were you guys' thoughts? He was fucking awful. He was a charlatan. He was a disgrace. Um, it was everything epitomized that is wrong with him. And it 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 just makes he that performance made me so sick. And I'm glad he wasn't able to hide it with a goal. And I'm even glad that that the the ball came off Jorginho so it, so he didn't get <laughs> and just I'm so happy because it was it is ridiculous. It is a dis- like I really I really really hope that like Ragnar comes in and it's just and it's just a choice between him and Ronaldo because I can't yeah. I, I can't do this anymore. I We've cannot maintained it from the start. Neither can neither can live while the other survives, man. You cannot have both of them in your team. Um because they're they're quite yeah they're black hole players and you kind of have a, to build a team around the things that they won't or don't do they'll, they'll put up numbers that do mean that they do lead to a lot of match winning moments but there has to be a balance so um yeah for me if there's a choice between Bruno and Ronaldo it's got to be Ronaldo yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't do the <laughs> stupid stuff he doesn't do the stupid stuff he'll drop deep and do a little uh locomotion in between like two in between two midfielders. And then pass it backwards. But he's not just going to lose the ball in ridiculous places. He set up a Chelsea chance yesterday. Was oh, players. His huh. touch was floppy. When he needed to be quick with it, he was slow. When he needed to be slow with it, he was quick. Like, what goes on in his mind? I really, I really don't. Bro, bro. <laughs> bro, that chance he shot in the first half. He finally got possession in the final third. And then he what? does the craziest shot when Wan Bissaka. I, I know it's Wan Bissaka. Oh like, my god, Sancho was like, "Bro, like, bro, what are you doing?" Like, I, I couldn't believe it. He's just. I wonder so what they think of him. I wonder what the guys think of him, man. Bro, bro. They probably think they a hundred percent. Sancho is in his groups. I say this guy's shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> he sure. must like, hate him. Be like, but he gets bare goals on that. I think I think so much is going to change under Rangnick, yeah. And one of them is the death of Bruno Fernandez, fam. My word! Oh, absolutely. How can you, bro? You see one thing about German coaches, yeah? They want footballers in their team. You must be able to play football. Bruno can't play football. He can't. He's Bro, yesterday I was, oh my God, the amount of times I went, fuck off Bruno yesterday, yeah? Yeah. Especially in the first half. I remember in the first half, oh my days. Bro, he's taken a shot from like 40 yards out. One of our only attacks of the half. You know, when you're getting suffocated so much by the opposition, 
you finally get the ball in a decent position. And, that's what you do and then it. he took a shot. Bro, I lost it. I was sitting down watching in front of a bunch of strangers and I just started shouting at the screen, you are fucking shit, Bruno. He is dreadful. I don't know what the fuck Carrick was thinking, dropping Ronaldo for Bruno. What does Bruno bring to the team that Ronaldo doesn't? Please, someone tell me. Because if it's goals, um, Ronaldo brings that. No, it's not goals. Willingness to press. Bro, but the guy presses like a headless Lydia. chicken. It's willingness. That's why I didn't say. That's why I didn't say good pressing. I said the the willingness to press. It's... What he actually does when it's actually time to press. Um, that's another. Oh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What do you rather have in your? Who do you rather have in your team? Yeah. A bagsman that doesn't press, but you know he's converting two out of three chances, or someone that tries to press can't press. We'll get you. We'll get you um, a decent amount of goals and assists, but is a terrible, terrible football player. Yeah, it's the first you're one every time. First one. Yeah, it's the first one every single time. You know what um, I mean? If Carrick was staying on as manager for longer, that to me would have been a statement of like showing people, yeah, Ronaldo is droppable, and I don't need to like, I don't, ba- I don't bow to Ronaldo. Basically, that's what you I would have gotten out game. of that decision. But f- for it being his last game. It didn't. Re- it it generally didn't make any sense to me. It would have made more sense to me to do what he did against Villarreal. Have Ronaldo mm-hmm. start six, 60, 70 minutes, take him Ronaldo. off, give Bruno 20, yeah. 20 minutes, twenty five minutes. Um, and yeah, where we didn't get that much of the ball, th- the need to retain it and to be intelligent with it and make the right decisions with it um, was 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 so much more important. And when you combine that with Bruno, it, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And, and- do you know the thing, right? It didn't even have to be <clears throat> Bruno Bruno out and Ronaldo in. If you want to make a statement like, yeah, I can drop Ronaldo, no problem, right? If you really want to make that statement, cool. Bruno's not the one that should be starting, bro. Yeah, should be Donny, Donny, Donny Van Donny yeah. should have played. Lingard should have played. One of them two before Bruno, absolutely. Bruno came off the bench think, and I it was think, good mm, um, against Villarreal. He was. I think I think he prioritized that athleticism and running over who we'd actually get on the ball and and how well they need to use the ball in those positions when they got it because like I said Bruno, there's a reason Bruno has struggled in these big games because his game is based on volume against bigger teams you're not going to get the ball as much so every time he gets it and he wastes it it's not like he's going to come back and he'll get another opportunity to Absolutely. like you you need to hold the ball, give your team an opportunity to get up the pitch, um, especially with how we had uh, Matic and McTominay there. In, a, in in that system working properly, you would have needed a lot more from our, our full-backs than you got from Wan-Bissaka and Tellez. Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was really, really bad, but I, it, it is what, it's par for the course at this moment in time. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think he'll still find his way into the team some way, somehow. I want to see. I want to see the first lineup. Like I'm interested yeah. because when I look at the team, I feel like we have enough players. We have the correct players for what, uh, how you know, Big Ralph wants to play. You know, Is that again, his name, yeah, yeah, Big Ralph, man. <laughs> but um, Big Ralph. But that's that's just, that's that's just from me. Obviously, looking at the clips, looking at the breakdown. And looking at how he wants to play, I'm like, right. If you look at the, the actual players in our team, we have the players to play this way, and 
the players to play this way does not involve Bruno, which is super interesting. So I'm quite interested just to see like how uh, his first lineup sets up. And I, I, I know obviously he's just been announced and uh, they don't know what match he's going to take over, whether that's Arsenal or Crystal Palace. But I'm assuming and I'm, I'm quite confident to say that regardless on Thursday, the uh, lineup will be his choice. Right, because again, he's been announced now, like properly. So I'm interested to see what, even if Carrick is taking charge, what you know, what, what who we do start with, um, and maybe that will be like a the first look that Ragnick gets. I know he's got all the tapes, but maybe that'll be the first look of like his potential match squad and how that lines up. But I know it's not going to be, you know, quite accurate because we, you know, we we've been discussing the pressing. I think you have to. You have to teach players how to, how to press. So when people say like Rashford or Bruno runs in a straight line or whatever, these things are taught. It's not like back in the days where you just run because the other team don't know how to play out. The, the only team that knew how to play out, you know, let's say not back in the days, but the only team that knew how to play out in 2009 was like uh, Arsenal and Barca, right? So it's not like, you know, back in the days when teams don't know how to play out. Every team knows how to play out. So you have to be taught how to press. You have to be taught what the triggers are. You have to be taught to press the half spaces, etc. And I think it's going to be interesting just to see how that looks when uh, Big Ralph comes in. Cool. That makes sense. And um, yeah, let's get on to it. So earlier today, roughly around 11am, um, Ralph Ragnick was confirmed as the interim boss of Manchester United. Um, so that's until the end of the season and then uh, a further two years in a consultancy role. Um, I'll start with you, Seb. Um, you've been posting loads of snippets about his philosophy here and there. Um, how, if, if this was a, if it was a poker table and you had a bunch of chips, how many of your chips are you, you, you putting into the middle for Ralph? I think I'm putting about 60%. Right, I put sixty percent of my of my chips into into the middle. Reason being because one, I think the profile player that we have, um, Oli has didn't get the best out of them. Right, that's that's the number one. And from here, because the bar is so low, you can only go upwards, in my opinion. If you have some type of structure, if you have some type of brain, if you have some type of knowledge, you can only go upwards. And again, just looking at the snippets, looking at everything that I've watched, we've got the exact players for how he wants to play. That's why I say to people, don't be don't be shocked if McTominay starts, you know, for him. Don't be shocked. That's like a like again, I'm not too sure about the type of profile that, you know, he's probably going to sign in the summer. I know we're linked with a defensive midfielder um from RB or one of those teams anyway. But when I look at the tactics of how he plays, he wants to win the ball quickly, right? So if you look at the profile of midfielders who we have, who's got the energy Right, and he wants to get the ball to somebody to then pass it. I, I look at that and I think, fam, I feel like Tomlin's going to play. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm sixty percent in, um, and I just I just can't wait just to see how this team looks structured because the last time this team looked structured was under LVG. He just didn't have the players, but it was the only time for the last fifteen years. Let's say fifty. Let's say, yeah. Let's say maybe. 13 years where we looked like we had a solid playing plan right rather than just vibes or individual quality we actually had a solid playing plan we just didn't have the quality in the team to implement what 
Van Gaal actually wanted to do. So now this is going to be the second time in 13 years where we have some type of playing structure, some type of coaching, um, some type of method to the play, but we do have the players. So I'm quite interested just to see how, 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 how that would look. And then I'm, I'm also intrigued on the consulting role because I did see uh, a few snippets today just saying, uh, I can't remember who that was from, but, but just saying that... Um, he may go for unknown manager or he may choose an unknown manager for the permanent Man United role. Um, that's quite interesting because um, the players at Manchester United seem like they have too much authority. So how's that going to work? How's the power dynamic going to work if they're bringing in an unknown manager to, to manage some of these players? But then again, it maybe works because Ralph is there. Right, Ralph is overseeing everything and then the manager is basically implementing. So I'm quite interested and I've always been, I've, I've been saying it on Michael for a while, I've been needing a hipster. That's like my thing. I've been saying I need a hipster. I need a hipster. We've tried everything else, right? We just, we just need a hipster. So I, I, I think this is going to work. Um, it's going to be difficult because there's going to be so many injuries. And they spoke on Sunday about Klopp about his first six months, his first year, how there were so many like muscle injuries because of the pressing and stuff like that. Um, and that's going to be true for us. The luck that we have is that we have an abundance of attackers um, that can fit in those positions. So you've got Ahmad, you've got Lingard in the wings, you've got Martial, even though I have no faith, but you've got him in the wings, you've got Van der Beek in the wings, you've got Langar in the wings, do you know what I'm trying to say? Cavani plays whenever he wants to play, you've got Greenwood in the wings, and none of these players have probably, none of these players have started, right? Do you know what I'm trying to say? So um, I, I'm quite confident, and um, yeah, I'm 60% there with Ralph. Cool. Um, Elijah, he is a manager who a lot of the fan base are quite enthusiastic about coming, about him coming in. He comes in with a uh, a, a rich history in a, a variety of roles. But those of us who don't necessarily know much about his history, <clears throat> myself, um, could you tell us a bit more about um, what, what he's done in Germany to earn, earn the sort of reputation that he, he has and what you're expecting of him in, in his role? So um, what has he done in Germany um, initially? So what he done with Hoffenheim, which was basically an unknown team with basically no one, but they had they had a very rich owner who came with them. He essentially got them into the, Bundes the Bundesliga and he established them as a proper Bundesliga club. And then that philosophy has continued where, for example, Nagelsmann was... was um, put in as a head coach from a very young age because they had that philosophy of having a philosophy throughout the the system right down to 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 the, to the academy so his influence of Hofheim is there um he was he was only there for a bit at Schalke um i think he was basically like what he done here but he, even over a short even even over a short period but there was there was a lot of apparently there was there was a lot of acclaim about the job he done there in terms of the way they played, um, and then what he done with Leipzig in this sport in this sporting role has been in, incredible really in terms of he has gotten them from where they were which I think was third division to I think he was the one that qualified them for the Champions League um, in eighteen nineteen when they were waiting for. Nagelsmann from Ho from Hoffenheim, he stepped in as like a interim coach, and he took over because he's he's had a lot of he's had a lot of experience with coaching from years back. Um, like the the basis of, of his philosophy is 
it's based on like Saki and there's this Ukrainian guy. I can't even pronounce his name, but those those are two bases of his philosophy. And then even at Stuttgart, he, he um, I think he was with, I think I think Tuchel played <laughs> under him at at some club called Om. And then at Stuttgart is where um, um, Tuchel came in to help coach in in the youth system with where Ragnarok was. So um, he had the he's he, he's had the nickname the Professor because back in back in the day Germany were very much stuck on this three at the back the sweeper role and he was more of a four at the back guy or more of a pressing type, type, type of guy. So um, he you can tell just from that um, CV that he has a lot of he has a lot of knowledge like in different tiers. So with coaching. Um, technical director, head of football, and stuff like that. So he's a very intelligent man. Um, and in terms of what he's going to bring on the pitch, it's going to be in, it's going to be interesting in terms of the formation he's going to play, because um, with Carrick, with Carrick, we've kind of we saw it less on Sunday, but even at times there was times where Fred would go out to press the right-sided centre-back while Rashford would stay kind of central to him. It became like a 4-4-2, but it was much more pronounced versus Villarreal. And that is something that Ragnarok actually does a lot in terms of, even though they do play off, even though his favourite formation is a 4-2-2-2, when they do have the ball, they stagger it so that they're not all playing in straight lines and stuff like that. And um, so it changes from a four 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 two to a four three three. But those are the two main formation he plays. But he mixes around the formations a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, me personally, I, I think he's going to be more reserved than he would be at like uh, Leipzig because he's coming into a whole new system where it's not it's not like an Ajax or Barcelona or, or a place like that. So I feel like he. I feel like he won't be as pronounced as he would be as, say, like he was at Leipzig in his two terms there as an interim manager. But I do think he's going. I do think he's going to be brave, and I do think he's going to try and establish a building box for the next manager to continue on from. Um, so it will be interesting to see um, what players he likes, what players he dislikes, what formation we play, and how how big he goes in terms of the press because we've seen with Klopp and even with Sol- with Solskjaer, you come in mid-season and with, with with pre-season, you plan out how you're going, the, the intensity that you're going to train at throughout the season. So if a new manager comes in and he wants a high intensity or a lower I- I- intensity, it kind of messes with that. So it will be interesting to see how he deal- deals with that because when when Solskjaer came in and the cop came in, it messed up with the fitness of the team. So yeah, um, personally, I I just think that I, me personally, I, I think that he's gonna love Fred because just in terms of being able to win the ball back a lot, I feel like Sancho and Rashford as well. Those are his type of players. It's got it's gonna be interesting who who you part partners with Fred. I do feel like he would like a ball player in there. So I feel I do feel like it will be. Pogba next to Fred if everyone's fit um, and I do feel like as much as people will say about this Ronaldo thing I do feel like whenever I see Leipzig play they do play with like a target man whose job isn't necessarily to 
charge out and lead the initial press, but rather cut off the passing angle to the other side of the pitch. And, and I do actually feel that Ronaldo's smart enough and actually th- does it well enough right now. Um, and also, Re- Ronaldo is better in a pair than just on top of, on his own. So it will be also be interesting to see who he partners with him. But I, I do feel like if he does go for this 4-2-2-2, um, it, it basically banishes Bruno because I'm not sure how he fits into the team unless he goes into that out the the second line of two uh, but that but that would mean Sancho on the left and Rashford up front and I'm not sure if that'll be the best that that'll be the best um composition of the team so yeah that's that's music to that's music to my ears um, <laughs> I haven't I haven't been happy with any news since we we almost formed the Super League um, no, so yeah <laughs> wait, wait, quick, quick quick question yeah quick question uh, on that four two 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 yeah yeah so everybody um obviously in their head assumes that Rashford will be on the left, Sancho will be on the right, Ronaldo mm-hmm. up front, and then whoever the partner is. Um, but I'm, you know what? I kind of think yeah, it may be best yeah, with Rashford and Ronaldo up top because of like just what Rashford brings in behind and actually bringing Greenwood back um, because of his ball retention and having Sancho on the left and Greenwood on the right just because of like ball retention purposes and because that midfield area, you, you need to like play and keep the ball a lot. But then what Rashford brings, especially attacking wise, to like bring him down a bit, like because obviously he plays as a left winger, so you're gonna have to kind of drop him in a little bit further as like a left mid. Sure, I'm trying to say. So I think you kind of lose the off the ball stuff. I would like to just know like what people think about that. I think personally, with me. I do like Rashford in that channel more. I don't like him as much. Well, I do like him centrally in a two, but I do feel like he's the one who has to stretch it. And I feel like with Ronaldo up there, he he's the one who's going to be looking in behind a lot. And if you have two strikers that are constantly going in behind, then that leaves a big gap. And maybe that means the outer, the, the wingers or attacking forwards can come inside, but then that's relying on good fullbacks and that's something we don't have r- right now so i think maybe in the future that that could be something once we sort out our fullback situation but i'm not sure about it right now and i do feel like with just in terms of russia being out left in that i feel like he won't need he still won't need to track back as much just because we'll just have a good shape so like people will just be smaller spaces to cover so people just won't be we won't be caught out of shape as much so yeah cool cool cool. so timmy do you think where do you think we finish this season with ragnick what are your expectations for him as coach between now and the end of the season don't let me start saying some stuff bro (laughs) (laughs) because hey because if i start speaking listen it was imperative that we didn't lose to chelsea yesterday right it was imperative a win if we'd have beaten them, it's a six-point gap with a 12-game stretch of very winnable games, yeah? If we had beaten them. What did you say six-point gap? Who would we have been six if we, points If we'd from? have beaten them, we'd have been, we'd have been six points off um, Chelsea. Would we? So if they would have finished with currently 29. Nine. We would have finished. So we, they would have finished with... Tw- they would have 29 points, so one less than they got, and we'd have 20. Oh, are they 12 um, points so, clear of us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I thought it was nine. 
Oh shit. Okay, cool. Oh no, no, no. Okay. Not right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> 12, 12, 12 points is probably a bit too much now. But let's see, man. Let's let's just see. We've got a a long stretch of very winnable games in it. So all I'm gonna say is let's see. I think right now I'm not worried about top four. Now that we've got in a top coach, um, I do expect us to finish top four fairly comfortably. I think at the moment, really? like what's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The teams our team our, our squad's too good to not finish top top four. Do you know what I mean? And if we had someone like Ragnick from the beginning of the season, I think everyone would agree as well. The teams that are ahead of us that we should worry about. Are West Ham and Arsenal, and on Thursday we're taking Arsenal to the cleaners. I'll tell you that now. Um, we're taking Arsenal to the cleaners. I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, say it after me, Mariah. Ralph. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was gonna. I thought that was gonna be more. You just got me to say. You just got me to say his name. What else? <laughs> Ralph. Brother, listen, footy <laughs> nerd. That's what we are. We're football geeks now, bro. You've got yeah. top, top coach now. I'm telling you, bro, what, you think that pile of bandit over in flipping over at the Emirates is going to come and do something to Ralph? Okay, so... Carrick for his blood clout, fam. Trust me, okay, top four. Okay, cool. So you're, you're a, 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 a man well-versed in poker. If, if you had your chips... How many of your chips are you you putting in for for Ralph finishing top four? Okay, okay, to finish top four, I'm all in. Mm. Facts, I'm all, all in. of them, bro, bro. All for top in. four, right. for top four, I'm all in. The, the thing that you need to look at, right? We've had our hardest run of fixtures, right? Mm -hmm. We've had our hardest run of fixtures between the end of October and up to Arsenal. We then have a stretch where we play Norwich, Brentford. Mm -hmm. Wolves, um, um, Burnley, Brighton, Southampton. Pardon? Wolves aren't bad. Brighton aren't bad either. It's not about yeah, them not being for sure. It's not about them not being bad. It's we're, we're more confident of winning those games than we are beating Liverpool, City, Chelsea, agreed, agreed. Spurs, etc., etc. I, et I think there'll also be a. I think there'll also be a teething period with Ragnick as well. I don't think he's literally going to come in straight away and from the first game, it's going to be like yeah. a, a 180. So I think we'll, we'll pick up a few I, I, I agree bad results. And that's why we're lucky, because his first four games are Palace at home. That's if he's not um, here in time for Arsenal. It's going to be Palace at home, Norwich away, Brighton at home, Brentford away. Those are four very, very winnable games. Post that, we've got Newcastle away. We've then got Burnley away. We've then got Wolves at home. We've then got, I think, an away game, then West Ham at home, then Southampton at home. Bro, these are games that are very, very winnable. So in those 10 games, that's off my head. I might have missed a couple. In those 10 games, 23 out of 30 points is a, is a good return from those 10 games. Maybe even a couple more. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I'm not saying we're going to win all because, yeah. like you said, team period, we'll get unlucky in a couple games, blah, blah, blah. But it's a great start. And by that point, in that time, we're playing Wolves who are ahead of us. So we can nick three yeah. points off them. We're playing West Ham who are ahead of us. We can nick three points off them. We're also playing Arsenal who are ahead of us. We can nick three off them. Do you, you understand what I'm trying to say? So, mm -hmm. And I haven't seen all these teams' fixtures. 
But I'm pretty sure they're gonna have teams like Liverpool, City, Chelsea. Some of them are gonna be are gonna have these gonna have these games, which we're gonna expect them to lose. Yeah. So I think by the end of January, we'll we'll know really where we're at. But I mean, if if okay. Rangnick can't get these guys playing, then no one can. Because we've cried out for a coach for so long, and we now have the coach that taught Klopp and Tuchel all they know. Two of the three best coaches in our league, two of the three best coaches in the world. The man that queened them, man, the man that birthed them, man, is now our coach. Yes, they have better players than us. Yes, their teams are better than us. But, you know, how long, what, what period would, would you expect? How long would it take before we start playing in a way that he would like? What, six weeks? Maybe six weeks to two months? Can you think yeah. of a better set of 10 games in that six week to two month period than the ones that I've just named to you? It could be so much worse. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I hear you. Um, that's a that's sort of quite a, a full-throated um monologue there. And you've won me over, if I'm being honest. So I'll 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 I'll, I'll hitch myself to this, I hitch myself to your train. Uh may not go the whole way with you, but I'm definitely that's on cool, bro. Hey, listen, definitely, there are stops along the way, fam. <laughs> uh, there's fair stops along the way. Cool. So before we go on to listeners' questions, I wanted us to talk a little bit about um Michael Carrick and I guess how he's done in his role, one win, one draw. Um, what was interesting to me is, uh, I guess, <laughs> well, many things were interesting to me, but uh, we know these guys keep an eye on social media, um, so they know the kind of the word on the street. Um, obviously, he went with a different a different lineup and he, he dropped Bruno against Villarreal. Uh, when they asked him about um, the Chelsea game, he, he, he took the pains of going into great detail about their tactical setup. Which that that made me laugh. We 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 know why he's <laughs> we know why he's we know, exactly. why. <laughs> <laughs> we know exactly why he's done that. But I wanted to get your initial thoughts. He's gonna remain part of the team with Ralph Ragnick. Um we, we know whenever these foreign coaches come in, uh clubs like to keep uh, at least one member of staff who knows the club. Um, who's obviously a national of that country, uh, and Carrick is is keeping his role. Phelan and McKenna staying around as well too. But interested to get your thoughts, Elijah, on how Carrick has done in these uh, past two games. Um, I like it. It's something a bit different from what we saw under Oli. Maybe that's just maybe it's a thing where he did contribute, um, and then obviously Oli had had the final say, or it's more of a thing of. Hey man, I'm just in charge for free free games. I'm just gonna do all the things I've learned on FM and just try it out and just see and just seeing it. But I mean, he's done something different, and I do like the fact that he has tried to look for ways to compensate for Ronaldo versus Villarreal by by shifting that between that that four three three and the four four two, and then. And then the fact that uh, he um, switched it a bit when he saw Fred wasn't quite getting it. I do like the fact that he did try to compensate for the defence, which personally, I think outside of Juan Bissaka, I, I actually think the defence had a pretty good good games. But you might have to say that's because of the amount of protection they got from the three in front of them. So kudos there. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's very hard to... Like, I've seen a lot where people say, oh, Carrick shit, uh, McKenna shit. And you ask why they say, oh, they've been part of the backroom staff. It's like, mate, at the end of the day, the manager makes the final decision. You, you, you're not going to tell me that Carrick and McKenna were 
picking the team or they were the one telling they were the one telling social how they how you not united should play and then social saying yeah 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 of course social set out the mandate of course the way that the way that might have been communicated over or the type of training sessions that does fall on the coaching staff but at the end of the day they are young this is both both of them it's their first 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 team job and a good thing with uh ragnarek is that he's been in this role where he has effectively coached a lot of coaches so that might be behind you united's thinking as well but mm. in terms of two games in terms of two games he's done pretty pretty well I, th- I think people have been really harsh on, on him for 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 weird reasons like complaining about his words in the press conference and stuff like that and like just small stuff like that i, I feel like he's got an unnecessary an unnecessary light on him and probably that's just because they think he should no longer be in a job which is fair enough but I mean, it's just whatever, man. I've seen a clear yeah. tactical difference, but by the way, like in the both in the two games, I've seen clear, I've seen clear instructions, right? So the first game, just the switching formations from when we were attacking and defending, that was clear. So whether we done it well or it was great, it was That's clear already to an see. improvement from yeah, exactly. It was clear to see what we were trying to do. Right, and then even the second game, same thing again. It was clear to see what was trying to do. Like the one thing that was so fucking damning on Oli is this four-two fucking three-one that this guy stuck with forever until the wheels fell off. Regardless of what opposition we were playing, regardless of the. Then when he got scared, he'd go to a five at the back, but he it wasn't coached, (laughs) so it was literally him going. But everyone was crying out for four-three-three or whatever, or just to just to switch it up, just to just to experiment, just to show different ideas. In the two games, Carrick has, you know, been in charge. He's clearly shown what you've tried to do. On top of that, like, I'm quite confident to have him in the coaching staff just off the back of that. Not saying that he should have a major import, but I think it would be great for him to, one, learn um, off, like, more experienced coaches. But two, mm-hmm. I think, like... I think, like you know, if we ever get into a situation where you know we need a take, we need an interim again. I think he'd be okay because personally, a very own gusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think personally, like what he's trying to do takes a long time, right? Or what he like, or what he's trying to implement and how he's trying to coach takes a long time, and he may not even know how to do it, but he has half an idea, and that was yeah. more important to see, and that was like way more encouraging than. What we've seen on under Oli, agreed, and I think it is that point Elijah made as well. Like anyone who's ever been in a management position and also not been in a management position knows the difference between being the head guy who mm-hmm. everything falls on and just just being one person removed from that. The level of pressure and scrutiny that comes with that is is huge. So yes, he was very close to to Oli in 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 what the previous regime was, but in those two games, he immediately showed that. His thoughts were not Oli's thoughts. And on top of that, he would have learned from Oli's mistakes because it's one thing to make a mistake. The second thing is not to A, recognise it. And then the third thing is then not to rectify it. And that's what that's what Oli's... He had something that didn't work and he persisted with it. And he never actually tried to change. It was beyond him to change um, what, what the problems with. So, so Carrick was trying to set up for different issues that he saw with the team to get different results. Um and if not for a couple of moments, we could have come away with a win yesterday 
Oli, um, Dam- it's damning on Oli because they are, I saw a report that they asked If Oli was a manager yesterday, we would have lost like 3 4 nil, man. They asked Oli, oh, do you want like some new coaches in or like other coaches in? And he said no. One thing that Fergie did is he switched up his coaching staff consistently. He brought in fresh new young coaching staff and eventually he even stopped the training because, again, that wasn't his thing. Like he more picked the squad, but the training and the way we played played was actually the coaches. So yeah, right, I think if you want to be Fergie or whatever, and you know coaches not your forte, and you're more of a motivate, more of a motivational guy, which everybody says you are. Like, why didn't you get in better coaches? Because United would have paid. They clearly wanted you here. They would have got you any <clears> coach <throat> in the world, right? But it's you know what? I think he loves Go on, I do think, sorry, I do think um, with regards to Fergie, Fergie had, Fergie switched up his assistant manager frequently. So um, he went through, through like McLaren, he had Quiros, he had um, Phelan, um, I don't know who he had in the in the early, early days, but coaching staff-wise... McLaren. Um, I said McLaren, no? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, coaching staff wise, Fergie had a nucleus of guys like that he didn't change that were his head guys. Like, for example, the physio, uh, Rob Swires, um, head coach, Rennie Muhlenstein, um, physio, um, head coach, um, there's someone else, but there's anyway, there, Fergie had a nucleus of people that he trusted with, like everything going forward so a lot of his focus was literally on a picking the team or b sorting out what was going on at the back so what he did used to do is he would add um different maybe like different names or he'd add a coach here or there in a season or whatever once someone's gone but his nucleus remained the same in it and it looks like that's what united are trying to do now with the likes of um, keeping McKenna around, keeping Carrick around, keeping um, Fletcher around. And me personally, I'm not against that because as long as these guys don't get given the reins, as long as they don't get, as long as they're not the ones making these decisions, I don't think having having them there, I don't think that it's that much of a problem. I do think Rangnick should be able to bring in a few of his own guys, but why not let these guys learn under under um, a great a great gaffer as well because they're only going to get better, no? The only thing that I will so. say is so. the only thing I will say is the way that uh, Ragnick wants to play um, with the high intensity, high pressing is that you need again, like if for example the physio guy is the same, it's not going to work, right? Unless like because muscle injuries are going to happen, different things are going to happen that they're probably not used to, right? So I think. He should. I think it should be like half and half. There should be, you know, the old guards or older guards or more experienced British coaches. But then everybody, yeah. But then everybody that could enable uh, Ragnick for actually. To be fair, this this conversation doesn't even matter because the interim manager for the new manager <laughs> for the new manager. I think everything that will enable that manager to succeed. So even if it's five guys, right, and fucking McKenna um, and Phelan can't make the bench. So they're not on the bench, but it's like, you know, it's the other guys or whatever, but it's his five core guys. 
from physio mm. to the first team coach to all of this stuff or whatever, I don't want one person to be left out because they want to add in a brick. I want all these all these guys to come and then yeah, we can mix up and this person can take a session or they could do joint session or whatever. But I need the I need the best environment for whoever the coach is coming in after um after Big Ralph. Interesting. Um, you made some interesting points there, Timmy and and Sebi, and I wanted to touch on that a bit. Um, and Elijah, you can add a bit more here too. Um, I know obviously he had Carlos Quiros, um, who had a big role in 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 those teams that were really successful. Um, in the early naughty early to mid noughties, he went to Real Madrid. I know he wanted Martin Yo before Martin Yo went to Spurs. Randy Mullenstein started out as an uh, individual coach, and he grew to become the coach of the whole um first team. But I think for me, it always kind of what it seemed with Fergie is, even though he had these kind of key guys, he kept his eye out for talent. Um, the fact that he wanted to bring in Martin Yo as an, as an assistant, um, he had people who were like good enough to manage their own team come to to, to work underneath him, yeah. you know, and that, that's yeah. that's that's testament to his ability. Obviously, we saw Phelan try to do it without Fergie; didn't work. We saw it didn't it also didn't work for Mullenstein at at Fulham either. Um, but uh, Elijah, just talking about the coaching situation, so the guys we've kept on um, and the guys that Ragnik uh, may bring with him, um, how, how does that whole melting pot work? So our, our coaches, are they supposed to uh, buy into this gag and pressing system? Uh, what, what, what comes with all of this? Um, well, yeah, I, I think they will have to because what I've heard is that he's already putting in some stuff about um yeah he's he's already trying to stamp his mark on the club already which is good but I feel like we already have quite a bloated staff because people focus on McKenna and Carrick but there's this new guy we brought in this season who's the set piece and set piece coach and he's supposed to work with individuals there's this um there's also this I think guy called Richard Hartis which is like a fitness coach and then there's another guy who apparently is very close with Fred and so there are quite so for a team that's that's about like six or seven or, or something like that that these are guys that either Oli kept on or Oli brought in so that is quite a big team so for Ragnarok to come in and then maybe bring in two more it's going to be a bit weird it's, it's going to be a very bloated squad so I'm not sure what will happen in, in terms of that. Um the guy that um the guy that we'll suppose spo- supposedly links with yeah he, he's been announced by locomotive Moscow as being their new sporting director so he's not gonna he, he he's not gonna come here but um it's gonna be interesting to see who he brings in or or if he bring or if he even brings someone in because um maybe maybe part of his job remit is the fact that we have a very young coaching staff. Plus, we have Fletcher there, who's involved with with the c- coaching as well. He's he's always on the bench, so maybe he's saying we have a very young, inexperienced coaching team. C- come in, teach them your ways, pass on your knowledge. So for the next man, you don't have a big upheaval of staff and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we will see. Um, I think. I think with Ragnarok, people will people will finally get this thing out of their heads that ah, Carrick is a shit coach or McKenna is a shit coach. You don't see what's on the training pitch. They are given instructions to, to do something. 
they are giving instructions of how, how to play, what contract, what coach session to put on and stuff like that. And even though they might de- devise it, a good manager will tell you, oh, this isn't right, that isn't right. Solskjaer had no idea because he, he was shit. Um, so I, I do feel like it would be good for them. And I do feel like it would just be good for everyone in the club to have a sort of direction. Because I feel like we've, mm. as much as, as much as they've tried this whole D, DNA stuff, it's literally just been, oh, let's just do what Ferg used to do, which is not really a direction. That's just basically, <laughs> that's just, that's basically just creating a shrine at a club. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Right. Facts. It'll be interesting to see um, how this kind of potentially revolutionises the club and sets us up going forward because I think um, we've spoken about the football side for, for so long and the lack of direction in between coaches, going a coach in this direction and going a complete 180, then another coach. So if, if Ragnick is coming in this interim period, he goes up, he goes upstairs, he's involved with his choosing his successor um, and even based on who we bring in in that role, they have three, four year uh, mandate to do whatever they do. What does the next manager look like? And the manager after that and the manager after that, I think um, this is potentially a, a, a turning point in in the football side of things for Manchester United. It's been run um, quite horribly in the last almost 10 years. So hopefully under John Murtagh, uh, again, I know it was close to Ed Woodward, but it's always different when you're you're not the guy and, and watching somebody else fail um, you learn a lot in in that as well. So it's it's it's, an, it's interesting times all around for us. Um, I don't ever think I was excited when Oli Oli was at the at the wheel. Um, so yeah, this has probably been as excited as I've been for for a long time. Uh, let's finish up with some listeners' questions. Uh, first question comes from Jordan Dixon four zero seven one. Who's Jordan again? Um, will United's extensive scouting system actually be put to use with Ragnick at the club? Does uh, that's his first question? And does the appointment of Ragnick give an indication of the board's thinking on the new manager? So um, the first question uh, that's that's open. Um, I'll repeat it: Will United's extensive scouting system actually be put to use with Ragnick at the club? Um, the scouting system at the moment it seems pretty flawed, bro. To be honest with you, I know um, we've started bringing a lot more youthful guys in, <clears throat> and over time that will change, but. This is the same scouting system that brought us Fred. It's the same scouting system that brought us Aaron Wambisaka. It's the same scouting system that has brought us Bruno Fernandes. So um, at the moment, I am um, I'm not expecting much, much, much to change. But with um, Rangnick pretty much in charge, and um, who will probably be the one to sign off on these. Um, transfers if any I don't really expect many incomings in January anyway but um he'll be the one signing off I think we'll have a greater um idea of who is suited to the team and who isn't um under him definitely um I think ch- changes will um be structured and shaped like over time it's not something that can just change do you know what I mean so um I think over time it's going to get better as of right now for like the next one, two transfer windows. I don't see too much changing now. Interesting. Um, anyone want to follow up on that question? I think we'll just have like, uh, yeah, similar to uh, what Timmy said. I think we'll just have like a, a, a greater understanding of the type of profile we want to uh, we want to bring in, rather than you know just going for a name like a name 
um, that don't really suit us, <clears throat> we will actually bring in uh, players in certain positions that have a certain profile to actually move us forward um, as a team and as a collective because that's what we've been missing. We've just been going for marquee signings rather than you know addressing issues that we we currently have in the squad. So it it, it I'd be extremely surprised if you know with the consultancy role and you know him being interim manager that signings that we do make are you know that are are are, are signings of what we used to make right i i i'd expect to you know like we're already linked with some youth that i've never heard of those are the signings i want i want the youth that i've never heard of <laughs> <laughs> i mean right that, that that makes me yeah that gets me excited you know what i'm trying to yeah. say so um yeah I, I i think that's going to be uh, something that happens, so I'm, I'm quite interested. Uh, and then also on top of that, I, I don't really uh, slate United's. Uh, well, I do slate United scouting, right? But I think we've done so well at youth level. And three, four years ago, we was behind. You know, we were so behind, right, at, at youth level, and we've literally changed it all around in the space of like three, four years. Yeah. Right? So we've got like some super exciting youth talent when. Uh, you know, we just didn't have nobody. Uh, there was like a period where it was just blank. So I think we've killed it and we've, we've worked for the future. Now it's time to kind of push forward to, to the present day. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think that can happen. Yeah, I think you make a valid point there in terms of the youth. I think also them having a pathway to the first team, that hasn't quite happened under uh, Oli's, Oli's regime. People will point out Greenwood. But Green would have made it. Would have made it if Jose Mourinho was manager. If I was manager, Elijah yourself, Timmy were managers. Um, we've got an, a, a couple of other players um, who we're looking at, and it's kind of like this kid can be in a year, two years, three years, a top top player. Less like they're clearly too good for under twenty threes now. Um, yeah. If they're not playing for the first team, let's do what Chelsea do: uh, get them out onto the continent and get them experience at the high, at the highest level. They're not getting anything from playing with kids anymore because they're far and far ahead of their their age group. I think um, Ragnik has a, a long proven record of um, talent ID, so I'll be interested. What I assume is that the scouting system and Elijah, you, I know you're well versed on this, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it is extensive. And it'll maybe you want a right back. It'll, well, I think they, what did they say? Four thousand right backs they started with, and it ended up at one Basaka. But I think eight hundred and two. I think um, it, you finish up with I don't know three, four, five names, and then the, you ask the manager which one of these three, four, five do you want us to do uh, to go with? The manager's eye for talent matters in that particular scenario. No, if he oh yeah okay cool I like one Basaka uh, plus he's plus he's homegrown as well. Um, that your your other three or four may have been, you know, Hakimi, uh, Kimmich, you're not going to get, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you've chosen to go with Wamba Saka. Um, it's not a knock on the system. The manager's chosen who he wanted to go with. Do you know what I honestly think? What do you think? I think, bro, they're probably not even looking at, they probably weren't not even looking at foreign players, bro. Those 802 <laughs> right backs that they were looking at are probably yeah. in England. How, how do you have a short? Let's say that your short list is Hakimi, Nuno Mendes, Aaron Wambisaka, throwing any right back from Porto or something. I don't know, throwing a right back from Argentina, and you mm. pick Wambisaka, bro. How do you how how do you get that one wrong? Yeah, how do you do it? What Just, does what yeah. did he show, bro? For the life of me, what does he have that someone like Hakimi don't have? 
And I mean, if you're looking at 800 odd right backs, you're surely looking at Hakimi. Yeah. Surely. Um, I know. I think he's at homegrown, man. Bro, has to be. Trained in England since 15 or something. <laughs> Facts. Because oh, gosh. I'm looking at some of these fullbacks, yeah. Even someone like Rich James, who's alone at Wigan. You know what I mean? Like, they pick Juan Bissaka, and they then pay 50 mil for him off the back of one good season. A season in which Palace finished, like, 16th, by the way. Mm. Teams are building... Teams are are building their attacks around their fullbacks in this day and age. Um, And we've seen how much a good quality fullback defensively and going forward and probably for us even more importantly going forward transforms a team all these formations we play when you want to go free at the back and be really rigid or what we did yesterday they're completely negated when your fullbacks are trash they're completely negated they have nowhere near the, the, the impact they're supposed to have because you have no opportunity to even push them back you have no opportunity to push your opposition back and give your team an opportunity to Build down the size or maintain possession in the in the middle, then go wide. So um yeah, next two or three transfers, one or two has got to be a fullback, man. Sure's got to get out of there. And one Bissaka, one Bissaka got to get out. You know the thing, yeah. One thing Liverpool did, and one thing um Chelsea did is promoted their right back from within. Yeah. United mm-hmm. have got okay. two, go on. United have got two quality fullbacks. In, in the youth um in the youth team yeah they've got Ethan Laird who's on loan now at Swansea balling out every week he's more he's playing in the right wing back role at the moment he's more like a auxiliary left midfielder or, or whatever like they play three at the back so um he's a he's um he's a wing back and then we've got in the 23s Alvaro Fernandez who's another top 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 young talent we don't even need I promise you, we don't even need to buy any fullbacks unless you want backup for these two. Get them training with the first team. Obviously, I don't think we've got um, Elijah can say we haven't got, we can't terminate um, Laird's alone, can we? I'm not sure. I think maybe in Jan, but yeah. Maybe, okay. Like, get them training with the first team. They've got everything you want. Now, I'm not saying they're better than Robertson and Trent or Reese James and Chilwell. They're not. Not right now, anyway. But they've got mm. everything you want from a modern-day fullback. They get forward. They combine, play well. They can cross the ball. You know what's funny? Rangnick has has um has told man has told man them in training we are working on crosses. We are working on crossing the ball. Properly. Crosses, man. You know what I mean? Like that shows you the state of where we're at right now. Wambasaka cannot cross the ball to save his life, and Luke Shaw might put in one in ten good crosses. Bro, get two fullbacks in that are technically secure, that play football well, that combine well, link up well, get into the final third, and can be a threat. Ethan Laird is in the opposition box more than he's in his own box. Week in, week out for Swansea. And Swansea are like mid-table um, pushing for that sixth spot in the championship. So it's not as if they're, play, they're dominating the game every every week. 
But this guy gets forward all the time. Bring these boys in, just get them training, and then and then put them in the team. Because Wambisaka and Shaw, not in. I'm sorry. Uh, everyone's feeling my sauce, man, with that Fernandez and Laird, bro. Everyone's huh? feeling my sauce of that shit. Bro. Everyone's huh? feeling my sauce, bro. Everyone's feeling my sauce of that okay. Fernandez and Laird, man. But all I'm saying is... I mentioned Laird first on this pod. Impossible. Guys, 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 guys. guys. The, the full-backs in question are Luke Shaw and Aaron Wambasaka. Please, please, respect hey, yourself hey. Exp- expeditiously. Everyone's stealing your hey. flow. Man, I'll try, try anything. I'll try anything. I'll run out a couple of guys who play for Touchdown FC at fullback <laughs> at this point. Um, and sorry, Jordan's second question was, um, does the appointment of Ragnick give an indication of the board's thinking on the new manager? I think we pretty much said that, in it? Yeah. In, yeah, in regards to... He's going to have kind of a say on that, so... No, gonna... who... They, they mean who? Nah, because if from when he signed the consultancy role... That's more so like, and his consultancy role includes that he can uh, have have a say on the manager. That don't think that has a thinking. I think it's more so up to him. You know, I think he's probably going to pick the, the the new manager. And it, I no, think he's might asking. Be... No, what he's asking, sorry, is um, who do you, based on him coming in? And obviously yeah. he's moving, who do we think he could potentially? Go oh, who do you back? think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I think it's. I think Ten it's going to be Na- Na- Nagelsmann or Ten Hag. If you can get Nagelsmann from Bayern, no, yeah? Nagelsmann's not leaving Bayern. I think so, man. I think so, man. I think so. I don't think he's going to leave Bayern. I don't think he's going to leave Bayern, but I think there may be scope there in regards to Bayern. Like, you know Bayern, like, recycling it. Like, when they come to the end of the, you know, end of the cycle, they switch it up. Season, they switch it up. But we'll see, man. We'll see. It's because Nagelsmann was even speaking about Nagelsmann just... was flirting the other day, like, yeah, you know I'm saying, like, it was flirting the other day. He's gonna be at Bayern for a minute, I reckon. What's yeah. it, 34, 35? Um, yeah, he's he's gonna be at Bayern. They're about to start recycling and building a new team. Lewandowski's getting on, Muller's getting on. Um, so Pochettino's name still being mentioned, and obviously Ten Hag, Ten Hag has been mentioned as well. Um, but we'll we'll watch. So while Ragnick is coaching, he's also who's our next? Who's their next coach gonna be? But he's going to hey, be a busy boy. Nah, I reckon there'll be a shortlist of Ten Hag, Poch. And listen, don't be surprised if Graham Potter's thrown in there, bro. Don't be surprised. I'd be. I'd he, be. he might not get it. Well, he won't get it, obviously. <laughs> but, <laughs> you think he'll be listen, in the mixer, yeah? Absolutely, bro. There's n- You can't look at what um, Potter's doing at um, Brighton. The way he's got his team playing. And think that these and and think that this guy's not a good coach. Quality, quality coach, quality coach. He'll be probably the job's a bit too too big for him at this stage in his career. Yeah. Um. I think uh, I think Poch is probably favourite, but please let it be Ten Hag, man. Please. Hey, Paul's name is not touched on that list. I'm gonna tell you that for free. <laughs> He'll, he'll be he'll, he'll be on the list. You know why? Because even even if it's just a heritage thing, you know what I mean. Like have have the Brit there as well. Make it you know like big him up, small small. You get me? Even if they're not even gonna appoint him, his name United, his name will be there. United, United are too stuck up. Like I, and I don't know why they are, but they are too stuck up. Everything's about profile. Right, profile first, and then like manager second. Like, United the brand. Yeah, United cool. is like a brand. Next question is from 
Michael underscore Griggs 26. Um, I want one player from each of you for this. What are three players you think will improve massively under Ragnick? I'll start with you, Elijah. Mm. I'm not going to go for the obvious one. I will say maybe bye. I'll say Interesting. Bye. Why, why, why do you think bye? What, what do you think he could potentially I, bring? I mean, the thing is with the way his teams play, they have, they have, they have to play within short distances from back to front because um, obviously they want to play vertically very quickly. So mm. doing that over long distances makes it more likely that the passes will be cut out. So if we are going to press high, we're going to need a high line. Um, mm. And even though, of course, in a, in a better structure, there's less space, um, being, a, being able to recover is it, much more important in the Premier League than anywhere else. So having someone like Maguire there... Um, it'll be hard for me it'll be hard um and it was interesting that on the weekend Bailly played left center back because usually when him and Lindelof play, play together he he play, usually plays right center back and Lind Lindelof plays left center back and Lindelof always looks horrendous there but um yeah um I, I'm gonna go with Bailly if um yeah if if Ragnarok does something brave and drops Maguire then yeah yeah, um, he, he's like when they they're, they're playing us all his old vids. He talks like he's that guy. Like I'm that guy. You're getting dropped. Like you ain't doing my thing. You're getting dropped. So let's see again. Like I always say, um, it's easy when you're on the outside looking in. It's easy when you're not the guy. When you're the guy, it's gonna take a brave manager because that's a big statement. That's a big statement to the club. Like disinvestment has not worked. It's not good enough. It's going to be a big statement in the media and they're not going to let him, they're not going to let him do that quietly. And if he drops him and we get one or two shaky results, oh man, all hell's going to break loose. Oh, see, you drop Harry Maguire and you're still shit. So, you know, what? one of the goals you can see this may be a header. That's, you know, Maguire in the air would have been there to clear that out. Um, you know, so it's it's gonna be ballsy. It's I'm, gonna I'm be... not I'm not a Bayi fan, yeah, but I definitely respect like what he brings on his day. Do you mm. know what I mean? On on his day, he's yeah, I, I, fully, I, 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 I respect that. So and even like last season where we was going through that run and was picking up wins of that, it, there was no there was no it's no shock that he was started. Um, so that him and Pogba have like a good you know connection. Do you know what I'm trying to say in regards to him punching it to Pogba? And and that was a, a constant theme last season, uh, so yeah. You're speaking of my boy, next one, Timmy. What player will you go with that you think will improve massively under Ragnick? Um, mm, I don't really want to go for an obvious one either, but I'm going to say Sancho. I think he's already ingrained in that. German way, that German style. And um, I just think he's going to get it quicker. I think he's going to become a key player um, for us. And I think under, under him in the next six months, he's going to, he's he's definitely going to silence a lot of doubters. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Sancho. Cool. And Sebi, who's your one? People expect me to say Rashford, but nah, that's too obvious. I think I'm going to go for Jesse Lingard. Right. I'm going to go for Jesse Lingard. I think Lingard's going to have a big uh, a role to play over the next six months. And I think um, 
yeah, I think uh, he's going to definitely improve. And, um, uh, yeah, man. Lingard, yeah? Okay, Ling- cool. Lingard, Lingard. I think we will potentially start to see more youngsters. I think we're going to potentially start to see more of Ahmad Diallo. Hey, uh, I need Ahmad Ball. And Donny van der Beek, obviously, I think he's going to improve under him. Uh, that's my one. A midfielder who's intelligent, um, understands how to retain possession, play out of pressure. He can play in multiple midfield positions. So, so my one's going to be Donny van der Beek. Uh, I reckon Hannibal's going to come in as well, you know. I'd love to see him come in. I think he's ready, man. He's ready. He's ready to start playing. Um, and if Pob was leaving, um, I don't want us to go out and get another attacking midfielder from the continent for 50, 60 million. Let's focus on getting that deep midfielder um, who um, I have McTominay and let's bring in the quality attacking talent that we have, have in our youth team. Um, well, when I look at McTominay, he simply plays because nobody else really has that sort of PMP in the midfield and you need to be able to physically match these teams in the Premier League at the highest level and it's only McTominay who can do that. Um, and that simply gets him in the team quite regularly. Just that the ability to engage physically. So, yeah, we need to have a player who's got great physical attributes, but also is a, is a good football player. So that's that's top of the list um, alongside the, those fullback positions. Um, next question is from Jack Wilson, 95. If Ralph's next year permanent manager were to name a new captain, who would be your choice and why? Uh, I'll start with you, Elijah. Uh, oof, Rashford. Uh, Seb? Rashford. Um, Timmy. Clean sweet. Rash, yeah. Rashford. Okay. Mm. Uh, next one is from ZS underscore London. Um, or LDN, shall I say. How do you think Ralph deals with the Ronaldo situation? I think it might get sticky. Is there a Ronaldo situation? I think, again, one of these videos that came out is him saying that he would have no use for Ronaldo, Messi and his team, etc., etc. Uh, But now you have to manage him. Uh, does anybody expect him to actually go... To follow through on those words. No, what Elijah said earlier on kind of convinced me in regards to like the setup um, mm-hmm. and how potentially just Ronaldo being smart in his pressing rather than the the output, just like you know going in the right direction, cutting off certain angles is enough. So I think he'd give Ronaldo a try, but if it doesn't work, yeah, I think it might be peak. Cool. Um, next question is from Rag Banistan. Who's the first mainstay to get dropped by Big Ralph? Bruno! Yeah. Bruno! <laughs> I, I, think I think Maguire. I think Maguire. I think Maguire's fucking fucked. I think if both of them are dusted. If we're pushing up, yeah, I think he can work, he can work with Bruno. Mm-hmm. Can, like Bruno, you can sit him down with videotape of his performances and that... What were you doing? No, no just okay. <laughs> just stop there. What were you doing? Oh, Gaffer, what? No, 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 no. What were you what doing? Three, <laughs> three or four games worth of that, and Bruno's behavior start to change. I think if, if you gave me half of Bruno's productivity numbers wise, but he kept the ball where's the right? He keeps about 70% of the time, etc. And that number was mid, mid to high 80s. I'll be happy with that sort of player. Um, that fits in with the team, still has match winning moments. But in, in in big games, he may not necessarily take the game by the scruff of the neck, but he is not an actual... Look, he's not... A, he, it feels like we're playing with 10 men when Bruno plays in big games. Um, so I think Maguire and Bruno for sure. Um, but I think Bruno, there's something in there that he can be better than he has been. Um, 
<laughs> Next one is for... Say it with your chest, Seb. Say it with your chest. The listeners can't see that, so you need to say it with your chest. Oh, okay? calm, calm, calm. You know, oh, you're actually, not saying it? Yeah, no. You know, I actually made this myself. That's why I, <laughs> I know you did. I ain't never seen that in my life. <laughs> cool. Um, next one is from Shadow Stepping. How would you line up Ralph's 4222? I think Elijah, you already kind of outlined it. Um, but yeah, just to take us through it explicitly, if you were the manager um with the players that we've got, who would be in your 4222, Elijah? Um it will be the hail by default at this point. Yeah. Uh, right back. Jesse. Oh. Hey. I'm <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> Just one Bissaka thing. It can't run. It, it can't, can't run, but I think it will have to for the rest of the season. So. How do we not have a backup? Oh, what? Oh, oh Dallo. Nah, Dallo's worse. Yeah, yeah he's actually worse. <laughs> he's actually worse. Um, do, okay, question. Do we think there's anything within Dallo to be a good a good fullback? <sighs> nice shit, man. Do you think the he generally has yeah. shit attributes? The, the, the thing just... is, yeah, he's just... He doesn't have anything outstanding. The thing mm. is, in the final third, he's probably not even good. But Wamasaka is so bad, he just looks light years ahead. Yeah. But he's comfortable on the ball and he doesn't lose it and look as wayward in the middle third. So mm. there's something in that where maybe that could be utilised. So yeah, I'll go with Dallo, um, Bae Varane, um, Sure, just because of his athleticism, and I think, I think at least one of the fullbacks has to be an outlet, and he can provide it somewhat. Um, and then the two sitting, I will go Pogba and Fred. Um, I think he, he will try and re- re- recreate that Pogba Kante thing that they have at France. Um, it'll be much worse, but you know, uh, you know. It's Fred. It's fresh. So, so. You know. <laughs> um, and then I think the two in front of that will be Sancho and Rashford, and then I believe he'll go. I believe I think he'll give Ronaldo a try, but eventually it will go to shit, and then I think he'll go Cavani and Green Greenwood. Cool. Um, and final question again for you, Elijah, from Bar underscore Mble. Mble. Um, are we finally going to see Bruno play right wing? Do you know what? If we hadn't got Sancho, I've, that that would have been a perfect space for him. It generally would have been the perfect space for him. But now, look, I'm not trying to fit this guy in anywhere. This look, yeah, th- there was a point where I was like, you know what? Do your madness, like. You're 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 getting us scores. You're get you're getting us up the table. Plus, also, I had a Lampard agenda cooking in it. So you know yeah. him. So, so 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 like him doing well, and then I, I could just say Lampard was just as Haram back in the day. You can't chat shit about Bruno, and that's all I was gonna say. But now I can't even back that. I can't even back that. This guy just has to go out my club. I, I can't I can't stand him. Cannot stand him. He's awful. Club the foot. Club the foot. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see, man. Like, what could we get from him? Who will take him from us? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that well, that is a prime Barcelona idiot move. But they now have they are now they've got Xavi now. Bruno on the Xavi, please. So annoying. Just one more season, we could have waited with flipping Bartomeu, Coleman. They would have snapped him up. Makes me sick. Makes me ill, man. Yeah. Cool, lads. Um, there's never, it's never a dull moment. Either we're getting battered. Uh, and we're coming on this uh, pod for some catharsis, or we're getting a new manager, or we're dropping it on somebody's team's head top, so we're gassed. So, or we're signing, or we're signing a, 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 one of the greatest players of all time. So, it's really never a dull moment on Mugga. There's always something to be happy about or something to be really sad about. Um, but I'm glad that I get to experience it with you fine gentlemen. Uh, Timmy, all, always a pleasure. Oh, apologies, I've had to cut... <laughs> <laughs> This guy is having a talented jab. Talking in. Hey, what a guy. <laughs> that, that's for real. There was one smoothly he took and he came mad close to the guy. Okay. okay. Uh, Elijah, always a pleasure, bro. Love, bro. Uh, Seb, good to have you on. It's been a minute. Come on, man. Don't worry, man. I'm back. I'm back. Glad to hear it. See you all really soon. Peace. 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 Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. I let my squad might bang you, man. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Ready! It defies description. How about... Martial is isolated. Skirtle here. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.